0: From Orlando, Florida and Tulsa,
1: Oklahoma, welcome to the 1330 Podcast with your hosts Keith Neighbor and Brent Bailey. Pulling from nearly half a century of experience, Brent and Keith share unique wisdom and proven insight to build the leader within you. Interact with us now on Facebook and Twitter at 1330 Podcast or email your questions and comments to 1330podcast at gmail.com. The 1330 podcast starts right now. Hey, I'd like to welcome everybody to the 1330 podcast. This is Keith Neighbor and Brent Bailey with, once again, our very special guest and close personal friend. He's
2: almost become a co host. He's been on so well,
1: many. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe we'll add him in. I don't know. We're going to have to get another mic. And uh, I had somebody uh, shoot me a message and ask if, uh, why did we have to get Dan a high chair? Why couldn't we just afford the mic? <laughs> And if you want to know what we're talking about, you'll have to go way back onto my Instagram feed and look at it. And Dan is sitting in a real tall chair, and the reason why is because the mic stand just doesn't go low. Right. So we we are both in it high has nothing chairs. Nothing
0: to do with the fact that I'm short. Well, it has a little bit to do with the fact
1: that you're short, <laughs> and we couldn't find any phone books, Dan. So, hey, we're going to continue on here and uh, and uh, digress away from this and get into some worship stuff here. One of the one of the things that we've been talking about. Um, in the whole band is uh, and and that you have to look at is what do you do when you 've got somebody that is massively talented, but they they don 't have the character to match How do you handle that and and what do you do because I think one of the one of the questions that come up is I mean everybody wants quality, but what 's to me what is more important is their character and I think that Dan can probably speak to this, you know, for, on on some levels that that we can't. So I'm just going to let you kind of riff on about this, nice little band term there, riffing. But uh about, you know, what do we do with that person that's that has a lot of talent, that has you know, they're really good, but they're lacking in on the character side of it. Can you develop that in them? Do you cut them loose? How do you handle that stuff, Dan?
0: Well, the one thing that I believe, the one thing I will never do, and I'll probably do this, and maybe maybe I'm too mercy motivated this way, but I'm never going to cut a person loose. But the one thing that you have to have is you have to have a standard. And it starts with the standard. It starts with, with this is the kind of person that's going to be in this band. I tell every person who enters the band, the stage is not just elevated so you can see short people like me. It's actually elevated So that this is a lifestyle that you're going to have to carry because you're so visual, you're so visual on this stage or visible rather Then that way. You're going to have to live a standard of life that's required of you being on this stage. It's not elevated for no reason. It's elevated, meaning that's the lifestyle you have to bring. And then you have to. You're gonna to have to stick to it, and we we know we're dealing with teenagers, so we understand that that there is a lot of of growth and a lot of input that you've got to put in on them to help them understand how to achieve the standard.
1: So, is this a really high standard that you're setting? Is it you know? I mean, what is that standard?
0: I, my basic standard is, and, and let me back up and say this. Uh, the the one thing that I think of, and this is, and I think of, and I, I'm really more so with teenagers than anything, is you're on your own stage. And, you know, if the youth group is doing what we want it to do, it's going to attract a lot of teenagers inside of the youth group. What's going to happen? That teenager is going to walk through, a new teenager is going to walk through in the youth group and they're going to look up on stage. And the, when they scan through the people on stage, they're going to find out, one, whether they're comfortable by the people who are there. But two, if they're people that they go to school with, they're going to equate who you are as a youth group to the people you have on that stage. Mm. And so they walk in and they see, well, this kid, uh, you know, he's doing all the things wrong in school. He's not respecting his teachers. He's not doing anything right, but yet he's up there on that. He's up there on that stage thumping the bass for worship for me. Then. All of a sudden, they have now taken your entire youth group and they have now labeled your whole youth group by the standard of that one guy. And so I, I walk away with saying, as I'm developing a standard, I'm going to develop a standard that makes it so that when people see you, they know that you're respectable. That when people see you, they're going to love what we do and know who we are and they're not going to equate us with things that aren't happening correctly. And so when when I decide what that when you know first of all as a as a worship leader, no worship leader out there should ever be deciding their standard on their own without talking to their pastor or their youth pastor. That's that's the most important thing. Once you develop with your pastor and your youth pastor what your standard is, then it's really all about making those people stick to it. And you know we joked in in a podcast earlier about the. Conrad side of of Dan coming out, you know, and the alter ego of me being, you know, kind of a little bit of a drill sergeant a little bit and making sure that people do their jobs.
1: Okay. By a little bit, he means like he's full on drill sergeant (laughs) and they could make a movie or use him as a drill sergeant in a movie about how drill sergeants are supposed to act. (laughs) They did. It was called Full Metal Jacket.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the idea, though, is to make sure that everybody understands what the standard is and... What they have to do to follow that standard, and it's and again it it goes back to uh, again we're we're not necessarily repeating some things, but there's some things that we've said earlier that we have to say again. We do it with care. We do it with care. We don't we don't just throw out a standard there and not show that person that we care for what they're who the person that they are. But at the same time, it's it's like what Brent said earlier. We had a kid who didn't know how to pray. Didn't to me, prayer and praise is vitally important. Now, according to the standard, what do I want? Well, I want a guy who can do both. So do I kick him out? No. I develop him. I give him an opportunity to learn how to pray and to keep his opportunity. Now, there's been times where I've set people down for a few months. I want you to go through this. And when you make it through this process, then you can come back. These are all things that you have to do to create that standard. But now
2: here's the difference. And I think that this is the the part that uh, a lot of people miss it at—they almost look for the opportunities to set people down, and they do it with such a a flair for the dramatic, and right. Right. and they do it with right. such almost like a perverted type of pleasure, like with a thumb down on somebody. Yeah, like, like they enjoy, right, right. You know what I mean? And and I I can honestly say that the relationships were strong enough with us and our kids that. that that when we did have to sit somebody down, it was almost like they knew and yeah, they they thanked. They almost thanked us for it. It's, right. a, it's almost like that that uh, the most interesting man in the world commercials. You know, if he punches you in the face, you have to fight a strong urge to tell him thank you. I mean, that was the way it was with discipline from us. When we would tell them, look, you got it, but you're going to have to sit down for a while. It was, look, yeah, I know, and you're right, they and I'm sorry. That. But
1: that all came back from the there was relationship Mm -hmm. and as the, as the great saying goes rules without relationship equal rebellion. Mm -hmm. We didn't necessarily have, I mean, I'm not saying that it didn't hurt people's feelings and they weren't disappointed when they got sat down for something, but it wasn't a regular occurrence either. Mm This wasn't, this was the, the oddity when somebody got, had to sit down, Mm -hmm. but we had a relationship and after they sat down, they still came to practices Mm -hmm. They were still a part of the band. They were still at services. And there was a relationship that continued on that when they got back in the band, they were actually probably felt like they were more a part of the band when they got back than they did before they sat down. But the other one that I wanted to, I think along with the lines of the standard that are there, I know one of the things that I used to tell everybody in, on, from my side of it was, if the only time you ever worship is that practice and in front of people, this is never going to be good.
0: And in practices.
1: And in practices. you know, But it's never going to happen if if the only time you ever listen to worship music is when you're trying to learn the song or when you're practicing it. If you're not practicing worship in your own private time and you don't have that in your own private life, how can you ever have it in public? And how can you ever have that as a public you know, standard for you. So, you know, for me, I, I also believe that is one of the standards that, that, you know, Dan and all of everybody else had as well. And I actually had to talk to some of my adult leaders on that at one point, because I know they came in one night talking about, you know, a new album that had been released and they were going on and on about how they'd listened to this, you know, all of these times. And that's all they'd listened to that week. And I looked at one of them and said, how much, how much worship music did you guys listen to this week? Or how much did you play this week? Or how much time did you spend in worship this week beside that album? And I mean, their faces just dropped. And I said, let's just pray that God is merciful tonight during service and that he loves these kids so much that he uses you guys in spite of yourselves this right. week. You know, kind of an attitude. Right.
0: right. One of the... There, there's two things. One of the the first things that I did with the younger kids when they came up, because Glenn was genius at teaching them the basics and and teaching them how to play. But one of the first things I wanted them to learn was that we're not here just to play music, we're here to worship. And so one of the I still and and I could talk so, talk to a couple of the young guys the other day, and and we were talking about how one of the first things we did is I had them all set out in the in the, you know, sit out in the chairs And I said, this is what I'm going to do I'm going to start worshiping And I don't want you to come and pick up your instrument Until you're ready to worship with me And so basically, that's what they did They, they, I started a worship song And then those guys One by one Came up And I remember talking to them And they said It was one of the most powerful experiences they ever had Because never in their life Had they ever worshipped And played at the same time the other side is th- some of our best ideas, some of our best originals, some of the things that 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 uh, that we learned so much from was from the times that we would worship during practice. We would have practice and we would worship, and that's basically instead of showing up doing a list, we would show up basically just to to worship. And it was those times where we learned some of the some some things that we never ever ever knew and one so, time so you guys actually practiced
1: worshiping yeah. not just the songs you That's- guys actually practiced worshiping
0: we would come in and instead of going over the songs we were going to do that day we would basically say hey let's just worship let's worship and it's those moments it's those moments that that extend your band we we did a we did a we did a show in Tahlequah one time that there was nobody there except for like a few cows and like the workers and I remember the they gave us the option you guys can either stay and play or you can leave and this was this was a couple of years removed after you know our main band of of, of guys who made the albums had moved on and so we've got new kids coming in and so these kids were still new to this whole. Worshiping and getting out there and doing this in front of people And so we decided, well let's just stay Let's just stay and do this And the most amazing thing happened We worshipped that night In front of all those cows In front of all eight of those people who were there working And it changed how those guys thought of worship from that moment on And they will tell you that they will never forget that moment That we worshipped with the cows And we really felt the anointing that day and it taught them how to worship on a stage in performance.
2: And the farmers afterwards said the cows gave the best milk they'd ever given. <laughs> right. And the meat tasted right. so good. They were the best ever. hamburgers that <laughs> ever. And the the cows weren't mad or anything. So. Right. Well, as we wrap up this session, uh, if we'd li- really like to hear from you. Uh, it's uh, 1330podcast at gmail.com, on Twitter and on Facebook at 1330podcast. Uh, you can uh, drop us a line, let us know how that's going. Uh, you can also reach Keith at The Neighborhood, N-A-C-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-V, or me at Brent, the Big Dog. Until next time, uh, you've just let another 1330 go by. It's Brent
1: Bailey, Keith Neighbor, and Taylor. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the 1330 Podcast with Brent and Keith. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook and Twitter today at 1330 Podcast or email us directly at 1330podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for another 13 minutes and 30 seconds geared to change you into the leader that you and those who follow you want you to be.